0: You may want to grab your earbuds and listen to this one without the kiddos first. Determine if you want them to listen afterward as a springboard for discussion, depending on their age. This is a Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. The topic is modesty and a reflection on the purity movement and, you know, S-E-X. Yeah, we're going there buckle up, you may experience a little turbulence on our journey to intentionality today. Anytime I enter a critically important topic, I always feel like I'm walking into a minefield because there is so much that is important and I don't want to leave any of it out. And also all of it feels volatile, partly because in any audience, there's a wide variety of people and some of you have experienced unimaginable violations of your body by others. And some of you have experienced parents who were dictators and legalistic about the outside of your bodies while neglecting your heart. And to be perfectly honest, that was partially me with our older kids, This week, we're in the minefield of modesty and the purity movement and our sexuality. This is an especially precarious minefield because not only is it a critically important topic, but it's a hot topic. Hot topics are all the buzz And these days, any hot topic that's getting primetime attention means that lots of emotions are being stirred up with a goal almost of pick a side and hate everything about the other side. And today is going to require you to lay down your side and let's take a step back and look at all of this as objectively as possible. Now let's take a look at some common phrases today, body shaming body positive, sex shaming, sex positive, boys will be boys, or if you've got it, flaunt it. These are just a few of the phrases and concepts swirling around society today regarding modesty and sexuality in 20 minutes time i can't adequately address this topic which is why i have literally spent hours today trying to whittle this down to an amount we can tackle in one mom-sized moment which we all know is not very long because we mamas are zipping from one kid need to another with just a few bits of brain power left for growth in between right i know So this won't hit all the aspects of these topics, but I do hope that I present some additional angles for you to consider. And I hope I motivate you to take time and attention and prayer for this parenting issue on modesty and your child's growing view of sexuality, which as I've said the last few weeks, it is a growing view because the world is giving so many messages. Now, I want to thank my daughter for her help with my perspective for this week's podcast. We spent over 40 hours of drive time. So we had lots of precious quality time for discussion and for fun. Actually, we took several of your ideas from the road trip discussion that we all had in the Intentional Mom Strong Family Facebook group a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for enhancing our vacation with your ideas. We were able to download several online travel games, such as Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? and Catchphrase, and Family Feud, which that one required some filtering. Now, these and other of your ideas brought us many hours of laughter on our family vacation with our two youngest and our one oldest. Now, another post this past week in the Intentional Mom Strong Family Group that brought some really great discussion was a post by Jema who asked for everyone to share their perspectives and family rules regarding modesty. Thank you to all of you who participated in that discussion. When all of you listeners are finished listening to this episode, you should really jump over there to the group and read through that wisdom-filled discussion. All of the moms had such important perspectives, and you all remained supportive and kind to one another, even if you had different views from one another. I just, I love it, okay? That is so my vision and heart for the Intentional Mom Strong Family group, that it would be a collection of mom life topics with lots of varied wisdom from all of you intentional moms, you all are the key to the function and mission of that group. So I do hope more and more of you will continue to contribute as we together create a valuable resource for intentional moms. So that post on modesty is actually where we're going today. As I said, We're covering, though, modesty and a reflection on the purity movement, because I feel like they really go hand in hand in that some people who were kids during the purity movement, they are reacting in how they're parenting today. So I feel like we kind of need to look at it all and all of us take a step back and do some reevaluating here, okay? So I would really love it. If you are married, if you would listen to this episode with your husband too, because your kids need a united front on this. This is important issues that you should really be on the same page as much as you can about it. Your kids, both boys and girls and at every age, needs your guidance on this complex issue. They need to hear from you because they are definitely hearing from the world. I actually brought this topic up at home this morning again. (laughs) And one of the girls said, mom, do we have to talk about this all the time? To which I answered, we weren't talking about it yesterday and we weren't talking about it five minutes ago. And we probably won't be talking about it five minutes from now. But yeah, we'll be talking about it regularly, because the world is pummeling all of us with messages about this topic, and most of them are lies. And we need more truth going in our minds and hearts than lies. And how will we filter the lies if we don't get a constant diet of truth? That's what I told her. Then I proceeded with a couple minutes of quick dialogue and asking questions. Why so much? Well, one thing I've learned from recent conversations with my older daughters on this topic. As I, you know, I've got two older girls and three boys in the middle and then two younger girls. And so I'm still raising the younger two, mostly just the younger one. One of them is going to be a senior this year. But nevertheless, I'm still full-time mama to two of these kids. And so I really love the privilege of having that feedback from my older two daughters and how I did things with them to affect um the younger ones as well. And I just get more talk time with my girls. I, I I also get some input from my boys, but more from my girls, I will say not that that's good. It's just the way it is. So some things that my older girls have said is that I should have been having way more dialogue with them. I needed to make the different uncomfortable topics more approachable because we just didn't do it a lot. I felt like it was a lot, but it was spread over years and and it was occasional. And so in retrospect, in their minds, they feel like it hardly happened. So that tells me with these younger two that I need to do more. So let's look at one of the messages the world has been saying regarding modesty and human sexuality. The world is saying that body positive means show off your body, be proud of it and flaunt it. The world is saying the same thing about sex, that sex positive means embrace our sexuality openly and limitlessly. Now we can be body positive and sex positive while treasuring our body and our sexuality. We should have a positive view of our bodies. We should have a positive view of sex. Both our bodies and our sexuality are part of God's great creation of the human body. Made in his image and our bodies and sex are designed to be an intricate part of the creating of a new life. And every life is sacred. Both the procreation of life, which happens through sex, and the sustaining of it through breastfeeding. And so those parts of our body are sacred. What a glorious gift we possess as humans to play a role in the creating and sustaining of life. It's these treasures that we possess that deserve our treating our bodies and the bodies of others with honor and respect. We respect bodies by how we think about one another, how we talk about one another, how we physically treat one another and also in how we dress. All of our life actions, attitudes, words, should reflect the value we place on our own self and on others. What we wear is one aspect of that. It's not all of it, but it is one aspect of it. Now, let me interrupt where I'm at with modesty and take you for a minute over to the purity movement because I believe this all ties in together. I saw the purity movement as a belief that our bodies are sacred and that sex is sacred and that life is less difficult when we keep that mindset, which is also God's design for how life will function best. That to me is the purity movement in a nutshell. But then I went researching to see if, you know, I was finding the same things in my research. And there's a whole generation of people view it different than that. And no matter what it really is or was from the sender's perspective or from the parent's perspective, we have to look at it from the kid's perspective who are now adults. Okay. So let's look at it. Here are some common things that that generation sees the purity movement as. They see it as outward rules for girls to keep boys from lusting after them with no responsibility following on the guys to control their thoughts and bodies. It's also seen as a one-time discussion between the teen and the parent where the teens sign a purity commitment to wait till marriage to have sex, and then that's the end of the discussion. That's their perception anyway for a lot of these then kids of the purity movement That is a one-time discussion to get them to sign on the dotted line and then the parents can cross that parental duty off of their to-do list permanently. So this generation feels that sex was discussed in a hush-hush and even negative way and that's the end of it. And this hush-hush approach seemed to often be interpreted as sex is bad. And then these kids who would get married then took it into their marriage and had trouble in their marriage because of it. Trouble such as not feeling comfortable discussing their sex as a couple or seeing it as fine for the husband to lust after other women – as long as he only had sex with his wife, that was a messed up perspective. And so three primary fault lines seem to have potentially formed within a lot of the then kids of the purity movement. Um, Number one, that males can't control themselves. So it falls on the females alone to keep lust from happening. Now, again, I don't agree with any of these. I don't agree with any of these as principles, but if they were interpreted by some as this, then we need as parents to be looking at how can I not accidentally send that message to my kids. Okay. Number two, a scolding approach to modesty seemed to induce a sense of shame in them about their bodies. So being careful with our tone as we address modesty. And number three, because sex was only discussed in a don't do it context, it seemed to generate a negativity associated with sex that they found difficult to overcome once married. And so I brought this discussion then to my younger two daughters and, and begin asking them some questions and just listened first. We have to listen and find out where our kids are at, find out what they're listening to, where they're getting their messages from and how it's impacted their heart and how it impacts their perspective of all of these things. So we've got to be good listeners and we've got to do so prayerfully so that then we know how to communicate the next steps of truth to our kids. All right. So that was the three main takeaways from the kids of the purity movement. And no matter what the movement was or was not, we have to meet people where they're at. And let me say it again, if we want to have an impact in someone's life, we have to meet them where they're at. We have to do that with our kids. And we have to do that with every other person in our life that we care about on the important topics of life. I could make this episode about just the parents in the purity movement. And I could say, Well, and I I will say I was one of those parents, but I did a modified version of it. I can't speak for all of those parents, but I can speak for me and I can speak for my heart. And I can say it was in the right place. My heart was in the right place. I was doing my best. And I actually did talk about these issues more than just one time for signing an agreement, which honestly, I didn't even have my kids sign any commitment about sex before marriage. I mean, I'm, I'm opposed to it because scripture is opposed to it, but I didn't have them sign a commitment. Anyway, we definitely did teach our sons that they're responsible for their heart issues, their lust issues, their view of sexuality is sacred, as well as treasuring girls' bodies and their own bodies. And I can speak for me and say that. So we can agree that some of the kids from the purity movement experienced some warped views. And... We can learn from that as parents. I know I'm I'm saying this repeatedly, but we really need to hear that, okay? We need to not dig in our heels and say, well, modesty is important and following the Bible is important. And so you guys need to not be sensitive. No, that's not helpful. We have to meet people where they're at. And we can learn from the mistakes of the approach that was used by former parents. We can do that. There has been a viral Facebook post recently by a youth pastor who was apologizing to the girls in his past youth groups. Now, while I could agree with a few of the things he was saying, one thing that really bothered me was that it seemed to me that he was saying that since he hadn't taught the boys in his youth group to take responsibility for their thought life, that girls should not have a need to be modest, you know, put it all on the boys. And the boys' thought life and actions and attitudes should all be on the boys. But that doesn't mean that as girls, there's nothing for us to do. How about, how about we do both? How about we teach our girls to treasure their bodies and we teach our boys to have self-control and to treasure girls' bodies in every way and to treasure their own bodies and their own heart? All of it. All of it can and should be important. Our world seems to be in a tailspin on throwing out everything that didn't go perfectly in the past. Every area of life needs to be constantly reevaluated and refined. Yes, there are so many mistakes in our past as parents, as a nation, and there is apologies that need to be made, and we need to evaluate all of this, and we need to refine Yes, there were problems with the purity movement. And so how about we fix the problems and improve the way we communicate with our kids about purity and modesty without sending a new message that is a new form of warped saying that therefore be flaunting all of our body and be loose and totally free with sex. We can improve without sending a message to check the importance of valuing our bodies and hearts and relationships, just check it out the window. As I told you, we just had a long vacation uh, with three of our kids. And so we had like 40 hours of car time to discuss lots of things and have lots of fun. But that did include a discussion on modesty and the purity movement from all of their perspectives Because they're all in different places, and I'm in a different place from that. And it gave me so much insight into what kids are experiencing these days. And as I said earlier, I just needed to do a lot of listening. Sometimes walking with our kids step by step toward accurate truth, it means me learning from them. And sometimes it means brainstorming together on obstacles and always When I have a rule to implement, I need to do my best to share the reason for the rule. I wanna share with you a few of the approaches, principles and rules that we have had and we'll wrap up today with that. My first principle, rules are helpful in young years to establish a precedence of what life should look like. At ages where they're not capable of making complex decisions about their lives, we need to give them rules that give good habits and mindsets, and that establish their life routines to be based on common sense and God's truth. So in other words, modesty concepts begin at a young age and how we have them dress. It's not, you know, put them in cute little two-piece bikinis when they're tiny, and then all of a sudden when they start developing, then we're going to have them switch to more modest outfits. Well, of course, then they're going to start feeling some shame about their developing body. No, we can just treasure the body from day one. Treasure our bodies and other people's bodies. That's the second principle. Not because we're ashamed of our bodies, but because we're highly treasured. And some of the parts of our bodies are for creating life and sustaining life. So we will treat them with special honor. At our house, treasuring our body means not wearing things that are too tight, short, or low. That doesn't mean baggy, loose, ugly. It just means being mindful of am I having a humbled and treasuring attitude about my body or am I trying to flaunt it? I can have confidence without having arrogance. Another principle, we didn't have our boys take their shirts off around the house or in public most of the time because now we weren't militant about it, but it was our general practice as a continued lifestyle of general modesty here's another one. We speak of marriage and procreation as sacred and wonderful. And I'll be honest, Rich and I are both extremely reserved people. So we didn't do a great job on talking enough with our older kids about sex. What we were trying to do better. And we're trying to do better with our younger girls about it. Now, We want our kids to be able to come to us about anything and everything. So we need to give them permission to do that and not make it awkward when they do. I need to be approachable and safe. Now, we also have strong rules about keeping some inhibitions between the sexes. This is something I feel super strong about, not talking in mixed company about private parts, about periods, about bathroom issues, about sex, and not objectifying people's bodies in the way we talk, not letting our kids say that someone is hot or whatever the terms are today for sexy. Precious, treasured, honored, that's been our approach about the body body positive, yes, absolutely. So positive that we're highly treasured. Sex positive, absolutely. So positive that we see it as sacred, fabulous, and sacred. There's a company called True Girl, And that has lots of great resources on this topic. I'll share a link in the show notes. They had a book that's no longer in print. And I think I've mentioned this concept before, but they had an example about our bodies that we are like a special delicate china cup, not a styrofoam cup. We aren't disposable and cheap. We are valuable. We should view ourselves that way and others should view us that way. And we should view others that way as well. We teach people how to treat us in every aspect of our lives. We do that in everything. No one else can advocate for you like you can. You determine how people are allowed to talk about you. You determine how people are allowed to treat you, demand things of you or require things of you. You may disagree with me and that's totally understandable, but I believe that one way we teach people how to view our bodies is by how we wear things, and how we carry ourselves, both in our attitude and in our clothes. That's me. I don't want to flaunt. Flaunting our bodies, to me, is not the measure of how positive we view our bodies. And free sex does not equal treasuring sex. Free peaks at our body does not equate with treasuring our body. Yet the world says that if we're body positive, then we must flaunt what we've got. Well, I say no, not true, but I want you to know your kids are really being pummeled with that directly, not just sublimity, like totally being said that directly and even bullied almost to that degree. Now I'm wrapping this up, but to me, the Bible is the bottom line. Something has to be the baseline for my life and decisions. It can't be my feelings because those change based on my mood and the moment. Parents who fluctuate in their values have kids that are confused and feel unsafe as they never know what to expect. They feel lost without clear, confident guidance. The Bible provides my clarity and my confidence, which produces consistency in me and my parenting standards. The Bible says that looking on someone lustfully is wrong. At the same time, it also says not to cause someone else to stumble. I can do both. I can teach my kids not to be lustful and teach them to help those around them. It's not wrong to care. You're not responsible for someone else's life or lust problem. You are responsible for treasuring your body and for loving those around you and supporting them. We can do both. Okay, another principle within this, butts and breasts they arouse intense sexual feelings. Isn't it cool that the most sexual parts of our bodies is also the source of life, the creation of life and the sustaining of life? Sex is sacred. The creation of life is sacred. The sustaining of life is sacred. Marriage is sacred. Sacred, holy, set apart. If you and your spouse, okay, I'm going to say something that's a little awkward feeling to say, but I'm going to, because I feel like it's important with this topic. If you and your spouse are in a personal relationship with the God of the universe, and you have passionate, fulfilling sex with your spouse, that is an amazing, sacred spiritual experience. The longer you're married, and the longer you deny the rest of the world, and are united with just your spouse, the more amazing that sexual and spiritual experience becomes. We've been married almost 30 years. It'll be 30 years in May. And I can tell you that married old sex is more fabulous than young sex. We know each other more intimately. We know ourselves more thoroughly. And we have denied others longer and in more ways. We know and love God more deeply with age Hollywood wants you to believe that free sex, casual sex, cheating sex is awesome. Well, I tell you that mature, monogamous, married, holy sex, that's out of this world. And there you have it. (laughs) The day the practically speaking mom stepped out of her comfort zone to tell you the truth about modesty and purity movement and old sex. (laughs) There's so much more to say, but we're out of time. So... I will place some resources in the show notes for you and I hope to talk to you about more of this in the future, but we're out of time today. So I want to hear from you, share your thoughts, your rules, your principles that you use at your house. You can join in the discussion on the intentional mom, strong family Facebook group, and please invite the moms in your life to join us there. Also let them experience the support of our community and Hey, hit the share button, my friends. Share this podcast with the parents in your life. And if you haven't, go to the PracticallySpeakingMom.com website to register for my Monday email list to receive the podcast and blog post in your inbox every Monday. I'll see you next week.